Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Mean Line Media presents the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Kevin again from Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits. I'm excited to have a new guest uh, with us this evening. Uh, Miss Crystal Hudson, how are you doing? I'm great, Kevin. How are you? Good. Thank you so much uh, for taking your time just just to stop by and pull up and and talk a little bit. You know, here at um, Safe Conversations, we 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 sit around the campfire, everybody, right? Purple, white, black, blue, green, uh, and we just talk. We talk about stuff. We unpack our bags, and we really try to talk until we we get to a point where we can relate to each other. We can connect. So that at some point we can all move forward together. That makes sense. Right. It makes sense. So again, welcome to the show. And I'm so excited to have you. I know, I just know that you have something <laughs> to say. I just know. I, I feel it. You ever just feel something? Yeah. I, I could I, feel it. I, I could feel it. You got something to say. So if you don't mind, can you start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself, your your background, your family, your education, anything that you think. Uh, the listening viewers would want to hear. Well, my name is Crystal Hudson. I have been married for two years. And I say that with pride because this is my second marriage. And I'm so glad that I did not allow that first marriage to ruin it for my second one. Um, Forgiving heart, I knew that there was somebody out there for me and I have him. And now I feel complete as a person. Um, that that really that that makes me feel good as a woman. Um, we have four children. Um, I had two. He has two. We moved to Myrtle Beach from Detroit. Now I was listening to your podcast with Jay Hall, and I swear, like we live next to each other. Like we live literally in the same area. He said Rosa Parks Boulevard. I lived off that street as well, and I started reflecting on my experiences growing up in Detroit in that area and it wasn't all that good. Like I had to really just sit and just wonder, like, how did I make it? Like I wasn't in the streets. I wasn't rough, but I saw somebody get shot. I saw blood just coming out of somebody's head right in front of my house. I saw fights. I saw seniors getting abused. I saw, well, I got my house I'm sorry, not my house, but my car was stolen from in front of my house. I was carjacked in front of my house. It was like a lot of things that happened. And when I decided to move to South Carolina, I said, like, you can't heal where you've been hurt without even thinking about all the traumas I actually went through living in Detroit. I love it. Detroit is my city, but there was a lot that the average citizen has to endure just to survive a day in Detroit, but it's a great place. <laughs> so you're saying that you and Jay Hall live, we got to figure this thing out. We got to connect y'all. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and cause I, I, y'all live in close proximity is what you're saying. That y'all probably we grew did. up close by. 
You ever heard of him or, or know who he is? I don't know who he is. Um, okay. He said his nicknames. Okay. I never heard the nicknames either. Yeah. But I don't know how old he is. Did he say how old he is? I didn't hear no, that no, to see no, if we no. were in the same. We, 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 we definitely need to circle back around and, and connect the dots. So you, you kind of, you know, my next question was going to be, and you kind of led into it, you know, some of the, the, the challenges uh, that you faced um, in, in your life so far, um, personally, and you talked kind of talked about personally, but professionally, you know what I'm saying? What, what challenges, uh, especially as an uh, African-American woman, have you faced uh, personally and professionally so far in life? Um, personally, as a student at Michigan State, I was a math major. And I was like the only person of color in my classes. And I did not get the help that I I asked my classmates for. They were working together. They were passing tests and celebrating their victories. And I was failing. Um, I'm not saying it's because of them that I switched majors from math to education. But it was a contributing factor. I didn't have that support. I was alone. Um, Mm -hmm. at Michigan State in the math curriculum. Um, So that's the biggest thing that I remember, the challenges, just being a Black woman in class, trying to, it was like mostly white males, trying to just help, just provide some explanation so I could pass tests too, and they would not give it to me. Um, Mm -hmm. So as a result, I kind of changed my career path. I still taught math, but it became a minor instead of it being my major. Okay. So going back to your, to your first major, um, was it, was it male dominated or, or what what was the makeup pretty much of your class? White males. That was pretty much the makeup. There were a few, uh, white females, but it was mostly white males. Um, yeah. And they, they had their clicks. I mean, I guess I get it, but still, if somebody's asking for help and you had an answer, you could try to provide it in some way, but they would ignore me. <laughs> were, there, were there any tutors in place or, you know, advisors I, that, you know, could could help you along the way? I did go to my professor. Like, my professor became my best friend. Um, I went every single day. And he passed me because he said he saw I was determined, not because I earned the grade, but because he saw that I had the determination to pass the class. And he he passed me with a D. And at that point, I was like, okay, I tapped out. I had gone beyond calculus four. I was like way up there in math. I was like, okay, I did it. I tried and I switched majors at that point. Hmm. But you feel like, you do feel like if you had the support, you would be able to, to kind of stick with it? Yeah, I do feel like that. Um, yeah. So, man, and I cannot remember the name of this movie, but it was on. A, somebody told me about. It. One of my coworkers told me about it. It it was about uh, female scientists, right? It's it was on Netflix. I cannot remember the name, but I'm gonna try to figure it out. And I want you to look forward to it at the same time. But it, they they actually had a document a documentary talking about the struggles that they felt to make it to that level. You know what I'm saying? You know, the courses they had to take college, school, and even when they made it to that level, really breaking in to the industry of being 
be you know being scientists. I, I got to figure out what that movie is. That's crazy. Okay. Well, I'm sorry you had to mm-hmm. Google that. So you ended up being an educator, right? Yes. And how did that okay. go? It went well. It it went well. Um, until like towards the end, where I just felt like my creativity was being stifled. Um, I felt like I couldn't do what I wanted to do because I didn't have the resources to 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 educate the children, to help them compete with the suburbs. It was like, how come I have to write on the chalkboard and erase where the suburbs have technology, where they could type things and interactive uh, uh, boards? Um, children didn't have computers. The copying machine didn't work. It was rough. Like, I wanted to help. I really did, but I just did not have what it, the tools to continue educating the children like they needed, they deserved. Um, so they acted out. They, they, like, they were throwing, uh, the last straw of me teaching, I was teaching middle school. It was hot summer. They wanted to have summer all year round classes, no air in the building. How? That's, that's crazy. We don't have air and it's hot and these children are acting up. So anyway, end of the school day, seventh graders, mostly taller than me, they start throwing desks everywhere, just throwing desks, just, uh, and I'll say, I can't compete with this. I, I, I just can't like as badly as I want to help them. I just don't have it in me anymore to, to keep trying to entertain them that's what I felt like, an entertainer, because I really couldn't educate without the tools needed to educate them. Hmm. And so, I mean, why, why do you think you didn't have the, the resources and tools you need? Um, because the money wasn't put into the schools. We had administrators hmm. making six figures, but we didn't have a, a running copying machine. We had somebody coming from New York making over $300,000 to monitor teachers but then give me not one bit of advice that helped me educate these kids. Like the priorities were just not in the right place. Um, They just had gym. That's the only extracurricular activity they had. Nothing more than gym. And it was like not even structured gym. The kids were just running all over the place. Um, It was hard. It was Mm -hmm. really hard to educate children without the proper tools. And I'm not, I'm sure that people cared, but they didn't want to give up the money to provide what was needed. So, you know, you, you kind of talk about your frustration and, and, and from your perspective as an educator wanting to help, you know, and teach these young people. Uh, and, 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 you know, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, you know what you're saying in, in so many words is that your your hands were really tied. You, you just didn't have the resources you needed to to get the job done. So, but if you had to step back and look at it, try to look at it from the kids' perspective, you know, from from that, you know, it, were they more than most likely inner city kids from Detroit? Oh yeah, I only taught okay. inner city. Okay. Yeah. So outside of of your frustration, what? looking at it from a kid's perspective, what other challenges did they really face every every single day? Every single day, just coming to school was a challenge. One school where I worked, 
I told the principal there was a child predator just sitting outside the school. I provided pictures because the neighborhood watch gave them to me and nothing happened. Absolutely nothing. So children had to go to school with predators around. There was one school I worked, there was a shooting right at this missile. A dad got shot. Just another dad came, shot him and drove off. That was it. And the kids had to report to school the next day as if nothing happened. These kids had to deal with this type of environment before they could even walk through the door. So once they get through the door, a lot of them are hungry. And the breakfast, it was like a cracker and a juice. Now, these are middle school kids. What is a cracker and some juice? I'm exaggerating. But something on the line, they were still hungry. Like at lunch, it was an expired burrito. They had this often. And that was it. Like, how can you learn if your stomach is growling? How can you learn? One kid told me I was on him about a missing assignment. He said, with all due respect, I don't care about your assignment. I don't have anywhere to go, to live. When I go here, I go live in a van. You think I'm thinking about your work? And I just, his name was Quincy. I said, I understand Quincy. I let him go. I was like, yeah. I respect your response. That's tough. That's That's tough. That's tough, man. So do you think that that's a nationwide problem where where we have young people that are homeless. I do. And I think it's the inner city is not getting the proper funding to support these children. They they deserve food, fresh food to eat. They deserve new books. There's no reason why I should be looking at a book from the 70s. It's no longer applicable, whatever content is in that book. The pictures, like, the book alone is just terrible. How you expect mm-hmm. me to teach out of a book so old and keep the kids' attention? Like, it was the school, the conditions of the school, holes in the ceiling, water dripping, buckets in the, in the hallways to catch water. And you just want the students to go around? Watch your head. Don't get wet. Like, what is that? Mm. And you want me to teach these kids in this condition? Well, you don't know if you're going to get shot when you leave the school. You don't know anything. Like, the conditions, they were not safe in the school, and they were not safe outside of the school. And I do think parents cared, but parents didn't know how to advocate for their children. They themselves Mm. didn't have the proper education. So how can they teach their children? And it's I do believe parents are their teacher or their children's first teacher, but if they're not getting the proper education because they too went through that same school system, how can they teach their children? When you were talking about uh, kids being hungry, I got a sister-in-law. She's uh, she she was a principal. Uh, she retired as a principal of a school, and she talked about a particular student. You know, she would say, "Kevin, I knew." Uh, you know, when all hell broke, if all hell broke loose, it was because he didn't eat breakfast. She told me straight up. She said every, she said, I knew she said, so what she had to do was make sure, you know, that she had something to eat waiting on this kid every day because it kind of set the tone for the rest of the day, day. whatever he, whatever he needed to eat. And he was good. If he didn't, you know, 
game on um in which which you know ah that's 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 just tough I mean, and how, another- can, how can kids how can kids learn if they're hungry if they don't know where they're going to lay their head down that's right that's tough that's tough so how long ago was it that you that you taught in detroit i quit teaching in detroit in 2015, 2015. So seven years ago so so do you think Things have gotten better. Do you still have contacts back there? People you still talk to? Do you think conditions have gotten better? No. Um, I can only go from the teacher's perspective. No, conditions have not gotten better. I think they've gotten worse. Um, children have not retained information due to the pandemic. So children are years behind, or they were already years behind prior to the pandemic. So now they're even farther behind. Um, They've gotten out of that social atmosphere. They don't know how to respect the teacher anymore. It's like it's a lot that the teacher has to deal with just to try to educate the child. That's heavy. That's heavy. Switching gears a little bit, um, you know, as as an African-American female in the teaching industry, um, have you ever, you know, faced any challenges there? I mean, I know you talked about college and not being able to get the resources you needed uh, to stay in the math program. But as you moved along in the, in the teaching industry, were there any challenges that you faced? Well, earlier I did mention my creativity. Um, I wasn't really allowed to use technology the way that I wanted to, to help educate the children because of school policy. Well. Who cares about school policy when we don't have books in the classroom? And I just want to use the phone so that children could read a book or look up a word. Um, So these were the type of challenges that I faced, just stifling my creativity as a teacher, bringing the outside world into the classroom through technology. So Okay. So y'all didn't have access to computers? No, we didn't have computers. Well, okay. when we used them, they were we can only use them for X amount of time and send them. If another teacher needed to use them, we had to send them back. So we used them like once a week if we were fortunate. Mm. And so what you wanted to do to supplement that is was use allow the, the students phone. to use it. Right. And, yeah. and that no, wasn't allowed. That was not allowed. No, it wasn't. Um, it got me on the chopping block to be fired. That's sad, uh, Crystal. I mean, it, it, it almost sounds like, you know, the kids are starting out in the hole and, and, and they set up to fail. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it really does. I, I cannot see a way to really get the children out of the situation that they were in. Hmm. I, I really couldn't. There was no opportunity provided to educate them the way that they deserved. Mm. And so as a result, I walked away because I went in one year, I quit three jobs trying to find a better school, a better system for the children. I didn't find it. So I saved my time to go. Wow. Do you still have a desire or passion to teach? I do. Um, actually now I want to teach adults. I want to teach them the basic skills that they missed in school 
to help them be more productive citizens. Because it makes me cringe when I see the apostrophe S used for plural or the word they or there and there and just though like just the basics we just need to go back to the basics to help adults get that foundation that they missed wow that's pretty awesome that you want to work with adults um let's talk about inclusion a little bit um when you hear the word inclusion what is the first thing that comes to your mind and the second part is, 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 you know, what is from from your understanding, what does the word inclusion mean? So first, tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear that word. Everybody. OK. Um, so everybody is a part of the big picture. Everybody has a, a role and everybody is happy in that picture. That's inclusion to me. Um, growing up, I had well, growing up, I lived with my grandma. Um, my parents were teenage parents, and they had both had two children. So I had two siblings with my mom, two siblings with my dad, and I never felt like I was included. I never mm-hmm. felt like I was a part of my siblings, the family dynamic of both my parents. And so as a result, I just, I guess I just, every time I, I'm very empathetic too. So when I see someone that looks like they want to be a part of something, I bring them in, I let them be a part, or I'm always looking to see how can everyone participate in something? How can everyone get a piece of the pie? Because it's not fair for people to be left out because of their differences. Mm. So, I mean, how did it, in, in a family setting, I mean, we, we can talk about, you know, at work, in the workforce, in the community, but to really feel, I can't imagine, you know what I'm saying, and it, without hearing from you, I mean, how did it really make you feel to be in a family setting, but not feel included? It was hurtful. Um, And that's something I've been going through even in my adult life. And I think now at 44, I'm finally starting to get some resolution. I'm getting closer to my siblings and my my parents. Um, But just feeling like I did not belong in their family. That was that was hard. So on my dad's side, um, he he, my siblings are biracial, and it shows. Like I look like the black kid next to my siblings, and I just always felt like the black kid in that side of the family. And on the other side, my mother's sister, my mother's children, I just felt different because I had a different education than they did, and so. I just, I just didn't fit in. I didn't fit in with either side. And I, it, as a result, I created my own world, like solitude. I, I do a lot of thinking. I do a lot of imagination, creating the world that I desire, because I do believe your inner world creates your outer world. And so I think about how I want my world to be and it, it, it materializes after a while. Like I said, now right. I'm starting to have that relationship with my siblings and parents that I've always wanted. And that is what I was going to ask you, you know, since time, sometimes, you know, time and understanding. And and, and my next question was going to be, how was your relationship now? And, and how did, were you able, 
at any point to speak your piece and say, hey, this is how I felt as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Did did you ever get a chance to do that? Um, Probably not the way I should have. I probably did it in acting out, throwing a tantrum, dropping hints here and there. Um, and that is something that I owe to my parents and, and my siblings, just the, the truth about how I felt and sometimes do feel about not feeling included. You think you ever tell them? Well, if they listen to this podcast, they will know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, hey, man, so y'all heard it first. You know what I'm saying? Y'all heard it first. Are you going to encourage them or invite them to listen to the podcast? Yeah, I will. Because that's a part of healing. Absolutely. Be truthful so they can know exactly what's going on. Um, I just had to I had to grow as a person. That's what I've been doing for the past few years. Just growing as Crystal, figuring out who Crystal is again. I had forgotten. And so, yeah, yeah now I'm happy. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. You know, as we have co- different conversations, I talk to different people. We, we always talk about how our, uh, our upbringing, right, ancestral history, what we hear in our life experiences shape how we see the world. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I, I'm just I'm just happy for you that um, you were able to, to to mitigate all of that. You know what I'm saying? And find peace and find happiness because I, you know, I, I can remember where, you know, personal personal life experience kind of had me in the dark for a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just, you know, uh, putting people in boxes because of, you know, one or two people. And, and, and it's, you know, what I'm saying yeah. life is too short. And that, that ain't how it was meant to be. And, you know and I, it's like, yeah, I was reflecting like maybe five plus years ago, I used to be disappointed that I woke up. That's how depressed I was. I didn't want to wake up each morning. And for me to wake up not excited, sometimes I'm so excited about the next day, I can't really sleep. Like, that's nothing but God. Okay, I just yeah. I don't know where that came from, but I just wanted to no, say no, that. So and, and I, I wish I just wish the listening audience could see your face, uh, you know, because it, it, you know you just bright, and I know you know it's coming from the heart, and you mean it. But my question is: is for somebody listening that is in a sip that was it's in a similar place than where you was at? How did how did how, how do you you know what I'm saying? Everybody knows what a black hole is, right? Mm-hmm. Black hole. So what what do they say about black holes? You go down in the black hole, that's it. Game over, right? Yeah. So how do you, how, Crystal? How do you, for the listening audience, how do you climb up out of that black hole to have the joy in your face that you do right now? That's what that's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. How do you climb out of that black hole? Well, it started so 2014. I decided to get rid of everything that made me unhappy. So I lost 80 pounds. Oh, 2015, I lost 80 pounds. I, I lost 100, no, 260 pounds. That was my ex-husband. I got divorced. Uh, <laughs> and I quit teaching. And so that was the start of becoming happy. I got rid of the things that did not make me happy. And from there, I realized I had value. I lost my value. Making other people happy, not being happy in my marriage, I settled. And as a result, I lost all of my peace. 
all of it. <laughs> and so I was on a mission to find peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I'm here because I put my trust in God. Like, let go and let God, that's real. When you tell him what you want, you put it there. You don't try to figure it out. He handles it. And so I just let God handle everything for me. And as a result, I can smile because I know my life is blessed and my steps are divinely ordered. That's real heavy. Um, and I'm happy for you because I can tell you're happy. Um, Thank you. I'm going to just throw this at you, though. So if somebody came up to you and they said, OK, hey, we got two buckets. We got two buckets. The first bucket is a bucket full of peace, right? Mm-hmm. The second bucket is you do realize that the Powerball is like $560 million right now, right? About mm-hmm. five sixty. And the second bucket is $560 million, right? You got peace over here. You got money over here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which bucket do you choose and why? I choose peace. Because I see money does not make people happy. I thought it did. But looking around, you have people, millionaires killing themselves, unhappy, Mm. don't know who they are. I would rather know who I am and know whose I am than have a bank full of money. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, I might think about it. I might get that money and try to buy some peace. But overall, Mm. peace is priceless. It is so priceless. It oh my goodness to know like you stand in a, a storm and I get a mm-hmm. drop of water on you, <laughs> not affected. I'm talking about life storms, not affected yeah. by the storms around you. That's peace. <laughs> yeah. I can't so, even explain it. Wow. When you started talking about uh, the storm in uh, 2015, got a chance to uh, attend the FBI Academy in Quantico, Virginia. I was in law enforcement and uh, I've been on a list for a while and, and, you know, it's, it's really, it's hard to get into, but I was up, you know, and, and, and I got a chance to go and I, and I was there for 10 weeks trained with uh, law enforcement executives from across the world. And they brought in the, the, the most dynamic speakers. I mean, they, we, we had the best there. And there was a gentleman named Bobby Smith. Bobby Smith was a blind Louisiana State Highway Patrolman, and he was he was the most dynamic um, speaker. You know, he he talked similarly about a storm, and he told us, you know, uh, his story. He was like, again, he was blind. Somebody to walk him in, but he told us his story, and uh, and and I'm gonna share it with you only because you when you said uh, to stand in a storm and not even get wet. Mm-hmm. Whoa, you know what I'm saying? Whoa. So Bobby Smith tells us that uh, he's out. He's a highway patrolman. Highway patrolman. He's out on the highway one day, and uh, and a car came by speeding, and and, uh, and he talked about how he loved to serve the community. He just loved to do his job. Uh, he just really believed that the people were good, and he was just there to keep them safe. So he stops his car. He uh, he gets out like he always did, like he's been done a hundred times before, uh, walks up to the car. And when he gets up there, first thing he sees is a shotgun. Mm. And he's shot. And he's shot. 
And he said he can remember laying there and he just started praying. Mm -hmm. Lord, please don't take me. You know, I got a family. Uh, Please, please, please don't take me. He's just praying. And he said he could feel. I remember. I remember like it was yesterday that he was telling the story. He said he laid there and he could just feel his face warm, you know, just a warm liquid running down his face. And he prayed and he prayed and he survived that day. Mm. He survived that day. But things didn't things didn't get easier for him. Um, he he lost both of his kids to tragedy. Mm. Right? And at some point he told a story about how his uh, his wife decided that she couldn't. It was just too much. It was just too much. She couldn't take no more. So she left. And, you know, he started talking uh-huh. about he said he was on his back porch. So he was alone and his kids had passed away. His wife decided she couldn't take no more. This guy is blind, still recovering from, you know, uh, being shot in the face. And he said he remembered sitting on his back porch one day. Um, and and I'm telling you the story. Uh, Bobby Smith died a few years ago. But, uh-huh. he, you know, I remember the story like it was yesterday. And he said that he, he had he had a gun. And he was planning on taking his life. He said he was just sitting there in the dark by himself. And again, when you brought up storm, I didn't plan to talk about this, but when you brought up the word storm, it made me go there. So he says, as he was sitting there and he was contemplating, uh, you know, trying to get his mind right to do it. He said, God appeared to him and, and took him back to his childhood. And so he, he remembered being on the farm with his mom where he grew up. And he was sitting at the kitchen table and his mom was at the kitchen sink washing dishes and looking out the window. And all of a sudden, a storm kicked up, right? Same mm-hmm. storm you talked about. A storm kicked up. And I mean, it was a bad storm. It was raining. It was hailing. The wind was blowing. I mean, he could hear, you know. And all of a sudden, his mom, who was standing there watching this whole thing, he was terrified of storms. He heard thunder. He went, you know, he was just, she says, Bobby, come over here. And he said, no, man. He said, no, ma, I don't want to come over there. I'm scared. She said, no, 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 no. I know you're scared. I know you're afraid of storms, but I want you to come over here. And so, you know, back and forth, back and forth. So he finally walks over. She says, I want you to see something. Come, come over here. He goes to the window and she points and she said, look, this is in the midst of the storm. It's still storming. She says, look, way over there across the valley. You see that? And he looked. He said he looked. And way on the other side, you know, kind of opposite of the storm, he could see a little wrinkle of light. Mm-hmm. Right. And his mom said, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? And uh, and he said just that quick, he snapped back. Mm-hmm. He snapped back. Uh, oh, back to, you know, in on that back porch with a gun. And he says that he realized that he had to find the light. In the midst mm-hmm. of his storm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I know you want a shot. I can see it in your face. But he <laughs> told that story. I'm telling you. And, and I'm catching chills as I'm, you know, just remembering and, and, and relaying to you what he said. But he realized he had to find that light mm-hmm. in the midst of his storm. And 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 that is so important um for all of us. You know what I'm saying? We all go through storms, right? It could be it could be divorce, right? It could be it could be cancer. It could be sickness. It could be, it could be bankruptcy. Whatever the storm is, we all got, we can't let it consume us. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because one thing about storms, they come and they go. And they do what? And they go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we just got to 
find a way to hold on and, and find that light. So again, I don't even know how, well, I know how I ended up here because you started talking about the storm and, and being in the storm and not getting wet, but we gotta, we gotta find that light in the, in the midst of the storm. So uh, shout out to Bobby Smith again. Like I said, he, he passed away a few years ago, but he was, he was, he left an impression on me and, and I'm sure many, many others, because after that, you know, he got himself together, got the counseling he needed and, 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 and wrote books and, and, and toured, went around the world, you know, sharing, sharing his story. So, yeah, I, um, so I decided to put me before me one day I was spelling men, M-E. And I was like, wait, me comes before the word men. So I need to put me before any man, before any woman, and just build myself up. And that's when I started taking my life seriously and mm. going for the desires of my heart. I mean, mm. God promised them to us, so I might as well uh, call them out. I call God wow. out. Give me wow. what you promised me. And it's been a smooth ride since, but I have to remember, like, he ain't never let me go. I've always gotten through the storm and he's not going to just leave me in the storm now. No, I'll come out unscathed, just like all storms. Yeah. But again, we both know that that's this. You know that now, but there's so many uh, women right on the other side of the storm who don't. And, uh, and, and, you know, another thing, again, I didn't plan on going there, but, you know, October is criminal domestic violence awareness month. Right. And so what you said, man, about putting me before men, I don't know what kind of entrepreneurial spirit you got, but that is what, that's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. That's a ministry. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because you're, you're, you're saying that, okay, yes, I, I love this man. He is my companion. He's my friend. But I got to love myself first. Yep. Right? Yep. The best gift I could give to anybody is a happy version of me. I realized mm. that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Man, we talked about a lot. A lot of stuff we, you know, a lot of stuff we didn't talk about that we were supposed to. Like I wanted to talk about my love for dancing. Like, oh no, no, no! Listen, so <laughs> from what I understand, you created a country soul line dancing class. Did I say it right? Yeah, so was, I created it. <laughs> I just figured. So we're in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. So uh, country dances, line dance is the thing. So I'm like, how about we just play some country with some soul, mix it up. So I had a um I have them doing the wobble to play that funky music. Like so it's like we combine it so when we go when you go out, you don't have to be stuck because that's not my genre of music. I still understand what that dance is and I'm gonna get up and dance with you no matter if this I like this song or not. We can mm. still vibe on the dance floor. Um, so that was my initial thing to, to, to blend the cultures, but now it's another thing, diversity. I'm including the seniors. Like I've been to a couple of line, uh, line dance classes, like for years and the seniors always seem lost at the end. That's mm-hmm. because nobody is taking time to slow it down for them and make it easy. Just be patient. Mm-hmm. People don't have patience with our seniors. So anyway, with my line dance class, I just focus on one 
one line dance for my seniors. Mm-hmm. And they were they are so proud to remember the steps at the end. Like wow. that is a huge accomplishment to them yeah. or for yeah. them to be able to do a, a whole line dance step by step. So it's building their their memory. And like that hmm. makes me feel so good for yeah. them to feel included. One lady said, I can finally do the Cupid shuffle with my grandkids. Like wow. that alone, I was, yeah. I'm so happy after I interact with my seniors um, because I'm giving them life they they dance and they just feel so good Mm -hmm. and i love that so you have country you have soul you have young you have old i just want everybody to be on that dance floor and vibe i feel like dancing doesn't have a color we all have that same beat going through us and when we get on that dance floor hold up hold up hold up hold up say that again just started when you said Dancing doesn't have a color. Just just say it, say it again. I just want to hear you say it again. Dancing does not, music, I'll say music, dancing does not have a color because we all had that beat going through our hearts. We mm. all had that energy. I have danced in Africa. I have danced in Puerto Rico. I have danced in Mexico. I have danced in Ireland. I have danced with people who can't even speak my language. We have danced together on beat with a smile like I know music brings people together mm. um wow. I used to when I lived in Detroit I used to dance every Friday mm-hmm. house music saved me I love house music so anyway um this one particular night like I dance with everybody I don't care if you don't have rhythm do have rhythm. by the end of the night we all vibing I vibe with everybody on the dance floor so anyway this one night a guy thanked me I was like, what you thanking me for? He said, one night I was planning to kill myself after I left here. But because you took the time and you danced with me and you helped me feel good about myself, I decided not to. That was heavy. <laughs> that is heavy. That is I was heavy. Like, wow. So, and that's crazy, man. Um, that's crazy. And it's, and, it, and it's crazy. I want you to get out of my head because I was going to ask you, you know, if you believe that music, dance, and the arts, bring people together, right? And so you just went on and got in my head and, and answered the question, but but why? Why do, why do you think that the arts and music, and I'm gonna make you laugh in a minute, but why do you make the arts, why do you think the arts and music brings people together to where different languages and different whatever, people can dance and look and smile and understand that, hey, it's all good. Why? It's a sense of liberation. Mm-hmm. Like you could be yourself. non-judgment when you're in your dancing zone um so that's my thing i think that's why people come together like i'm myself no biases the the world is tuned out at this moment i see you for who you are i see your Mm -hmm. creative spirit and let's just vibe off of that that's my intake there's a there's a quote someone made and and I and I cannot remember where it came from, but they said, "Don't just invite me to the party, but let me dance." Let me dance. Yeah, isn't that real? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, sometimes we think, "Okay, you included, come on in," but they just stand on over there in the corner. And I and don't allow inclusion. that. Uh-uh. Right, right, I, right, say, right. I don't like fly uh, wallflowers. You don't right. dance with me. 
Don't just invite me to the party, but let me dance. Dance. Something I'm gonna tell you is when I was in the army, I was stationed in Germany, right? And um, every Tuesday night, a lot of people don't notice about me, so I'm 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 leaking out some information now. Uh, A little known fact: uh, every Tuesday night was country western night Mm -hmm. on base, right? So it wasn't nothing else to do. I would go to the NCO club, the country Western night. And today I still know how to two-step That's because you're, you're, you're right. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Music is music. Beats That's are cool. beats. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and, and it is, I never thought about it that way. It is a form of liberation. I don't care if you can't dance. You know, I, I, I sometimes do uh Monday morning uh, tips on, uh, on social media. And a couple of weeks ago, I said, listen, stop being so serious. Stop being so serious. Two things I want you to do. Number one was when you're riding down the road, your favorite song come on the radio, sing it mm-hmm. hard to the top of your lungs. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully you got tenant windows and people ain't looking like at you like you're crazy. But if they are, so what? So what? <laughs> the other thing was when nobody's around, dance. Dance. Just mm-hmm. dance for 30, 45, whatever. I guarantee you, there's no way you can't do you can do that and not feel better. You know what I'm saying? No Sometimes we uh we we take we take life way, 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 way too serious. Yeah. Way and too I serious. Have, I embarrass my sons. Like we yeah. hear music playing in the stores and the parking lot. I don't care. I dance. I, yeah. I yeah. feel it. So my feet start moving. <laughs> <laughs> Happy feet, right? Happy feet. Yeah. Well, Crystal, I I, I really I have I've thoroughly uh, enjoyed our conversation. Um, we we went places that uh that was not on the script, right? Right. Wasn't on the script, but for real, uh, I really appreciate you um, just being authentic and, and being uh, being real. Um, kudos on the um, on the uh, soul mute soul country music dancing uh, class you're doing. I, I actually know somebody offline. I need to hook you up with. He works for. Uh, uh, he's a director of the Bureau of Aging, and all he deals with is seniors. Oh, cool! And, uh, and I'm just thinking that would be a, a a good place for you to uh to hang out. You know what I'm saying? And, and really yeah. encourage and get some older folks involved because when you were talking about how you know for the older folks, you know, we kind of slow it down for them. And wouldn't it be cool if we could just slow life down for them a little bit? Yes, that's, that's what, what I heard when you said it. You know what I'm saying? I, I was just thinking because things move so fast, and the next thing you know, it passes them by, right? And I wrote oh. that down earlier. Yeah. Like, that's what yeah. I want to provide them the experience of living life comfortably in this age where yeah. we slow it down. I can only imagine how overwhelmed they are. Like, somebody right. asked me to upload a picture on her phone. Like, mm-hmm that's so simple but it's so hard for them and i want to provide the space where they we can slow it down and they can catch up and feel relevant in this world yeah because they definitely need to be included as well i mean yeah so much and paved the way right for us they toted the water for us it's time for us to to pick up pick it up and, and 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 do our best to keep things going so uh much respect Crystal Hudson, I really, really appreciate you um, stopping by. Would you come back? Yes, most definitely. I am grateful for this opportunity. Public speaking is something I've wanted to do, but I've 
thought I was afraid of public speaking. And this is the most comfortable I've ever been speaking. So you have witnessed me overcoming my public speaking fear. Thank you. That's awesome. So look, when you blow up, you know what I'm saying? And you, I mean, you just all over the country. Don't forget me. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget me. Send me a shout out. I'm not because you looked at me and you told me that I had a story to tell. And so I remember that you were the person that helped ignite a fire under me. That's what's up. I appreciate that. To tell my story. So if anybody wanted to catch up with you to to find out more about your, uh, your dance class, how could they reach out to you? Have you played studio at gmail.com. You can email me and I give you information. Thanks again um, for coming on. And uh, thank everybody who, who listened this evening. You know, you listen to another episode of Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits. And I will remind you what I always remind you of. Just because it's called safe doesn't mean it's soft. We talk about all kinds of things. We unpack issues uh, with the hope that we can connect and relate so that we can all move forward together. So until next time, peace. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Waits. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcasts. Find Kevin Waits on Facebook at Kevin Waits and join the Safe Conversations group. Follow the Mino Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mino Line Media. Get the Mino Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.